Hey, today um, I want to uh, share with you something, and uh, we had planned to start a new series today entitled A, a Brand New Life, and, um, and God's just, uh, just shared with me that over the next uh, week or so, a couple of weeks, that um, there's something that he wants uh, uh, me uh, to focus on, and he wants us as a church and as a people to focus on as well. And um, Gwen and I, over the last uh, several days, uh, uh, went to uh, um, Mountain of Faith, and um, it's a friend of ours who has a, uh, a place. The Bible tells us that God instructed Moses to lead in three ways. The first way God instructed Moses to lead was among the people, uh, because he says that the, sheep should, the shepherd should smell like the sheep. And what that simply means is that, that there should not be so many barriers between the people of God and the, the leaders of God that um, the people uh, don't have access to the leader. And uh, where there are entourages that um, protect them like the Secret Service protects the president. Uh, but um, there should be a uh, accessibility just as Jesus set with his disciples. So he said that you have to lead them uh, with the people, among the people. Then he instructed Moses to lead in front of the people so that the people could see where they were going. And then the third uh, way that God instructed Moses to lead was above the people. And so God instructed Moses to go to Mount Sinai. And as he went there, he received instructions from God. And he brought those instructions back down and began to share them with the people. And, um, and so God just kind of uh, uh, adjusted uh, something, and we'll <clears throat> look at doing that series um, as the Lord leads. But uh, right now, there is something that, uh, that God has instructed me to share. And uh, as I look at this, and as I look at this particular focus of, of kingdom class, would you say that with me, kingdom class? You know what's amazing about that is that on the other, the other day, um, I was talking to some uh, people, and you know how we all put together bucket lists of what we want to do? And one of the things that I want to do before my 120th birthday is, uh, you know, I, I want, I, 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 I've flown coach, and coach is okay except for on Spirit Airlines. I've flown business class, and business class is better than coach class. I've flown first class, and first class is better than business class. But then there is another, there's something better than first class, and that's kingdom class. And God desires his people to demonstrate kingdom class in everything that they do. Now, we want to talk about that today uh, because I believe that there's something that has happened in the world today that really threatens our way of living. One of the things that has happened is that when it comes to the things that we buy, when it comes to the service that we give, when it comes to the, the acts uh, that we do, we've completely altered the standard of acceptance to what is good. And so what we do here is that the standard of good has been replaced by good enough. And which I see in some way a standard of mediocrity. Uh, and when we encounter the good enough standard on a regular basis, then we come to accept good enough 
as normal. And then what happens is that because we have accepted good enough as normal, then we begin to live normal lives rather than God's best for our life. And to emphasize this principle this morning, um, now I want you to think about the responses that you hear when you may ask some people questions. You, you may ask them something and you say, hey, how's it going today? And, and somebody may say, and you've heard it over, not bad. Or they may say, it's okay. Or they may say, it could be worse. How many of you have heard any of those expressions? And, and what these individuals are saying is that when you hear these words, they're saying that their standard has been altered from what is good to what is acceptable. I'll give you another example, a student that you might ask a student, uh, how's it going in school? And they'll say, it's good, okay. And they may have B's or they may have C's, but they're capable of, of A's. And what they are literally saying is that the work that they have been, been doing is just enough to pass. And so their standard has been replaced with whatever is good enough. You know what? Mediocrity really threatens our way of living. And, and, I, and I, I, I submit to you that no one wants a mediocre employee. But also, as a student, when a student makes Ds, when a student makes Cs, and an employer is looking at that student, then they have evaluated the quality of their work simply by the work that they have done in their classroom. And that's not God's standard for us. It's not God's standard for our lives. And, and so what happens is that when something is, is, is just uh, good enough to pass, then this, the, 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 the reward is not there. Uh, the recognition is not there, and the value is not there. Uh, let me uh, refer your attention to a couple of things, because what I want to do this morning is I want to challenge you to take a look at, uh, at your life and see if any area of your life where the standard of good has been replaced by the standard of good enough. Uh, because I believe that in the kingdom of God, there is a standard, and the standard in the kingdom of God is excellence. And when we speak of the standard in the kingdom of God being excellence, excellence or standard, let me say it like this, a standard is not something that you're trying to live up to, but it is what you refuse to live below. And so if, it's like when the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God what? raises the standard. And so what God is saying is that I desire you not to live below at the level where you're being attacked. But you can always be above it. So a standard is not something in your relationship. Being faithful is not a standard that you're trying to live up to. It's, it's a standard that you refuse to live below. Anybody that's married in here, would you say, uh-huh? Now, so, so as we look at this then, let's then de 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 define excellence because excellence means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so we're going to define excellence so that we can identify exactly what excellence means here at the Champion Center. 
And I believe that what excellence should mean in your life as well. Excellence is to go beyond, go beyond, go beyond. Would you say go beyond? Excellence is to go beyond what is common, what is usual, or what is expected. To consistently go beyond what is common, what is usual, or what is expected. To consistently go beyond. And and the key word there is consistently. Uh, So excellence is to consistently go beyond what is common, what is usual, or what is expected. And when we look at that and we recognize, well, that's the definition of of, of excellence. And so we have to always ask ourselves when we're serving, when we're uh, uh, representing God in whatever we do, we have to ask ourselves, did we go beyond what was expected? Did we go beyond what was usual? Did we go beyond what everybody else does? I, I want you to say that with me because I want you to get it in your spirit. Would you repeat after me? Excellence? means to consistently go beyond what is common, usual, or expected. And that's what you can do um, in your life. You can say, well, is that what was expected? Then how can you go beyond? The Bible says that if they ask you to go one mile, go what? Go beyond what is expected. The Bible tells us that there was a woman by the name of uh, Isaac was looking for a wife, and she didn't know the true inheritance that she would have. And so uh, his, uh, Abra- Abraham's servant, when he sent him out, he says that his servant's praying and says, oh God, you know, I need to know the right person for my servant Isaac, or for, my, for my master Isaac. I need to know who the right person. So I'm going to ask them to get me a drink of water. And I'm going to ask... I, and I want them to be, I want you to help me to recognize that, that the person that goes beyond what is usual, what is common, and what is expected shall be the one you have chosen. The Bible says that he asked her for a drink of water, and she says that I'll get some water for your donkeys too. And you know what's amazing about that? She now got a tremendous inheritance, tremendous wealth, all because A moment that she had became a momentum in her life. It seemed insignificant, but it was a significant moment simply because that she had a spirit of excellence where she was willing to go beyond what was common consistently, what was usual, or what was expected. Now, what does this look like? What does it look like? This kingdom class is in 1 Kings chapter chapter 4. 1 Kings chapter, uh, chapter 10, rather, verses 4 through 6, 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 4 through, through 6. And we're going to read that together. We're going to read it together. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 4 through 6. Come on, champions, let's read that together like we know it is the word of his power. Now, and when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Notice this. The Bible says that she saw his wisdom. How do you see wisdom? How do you see what's in the mind of someone? How do you see the wind? 
The Bible says when she saw his wisdom, what was his, her, his wisdom was demonstrated. And it was demonstrated by the order. It was demonstrated by how they were dressed. It was demonstrated by how they served together. It was demonstrated by how the place was prepared. And the Bible says that when she came in and she saw that wisdom, that there was no more spirit in her. Do you know what that word spirit means? That word spirit in the Hebrew means ruach, which means breath. So notice this, the queen of Sheba saw something and what she saw took her breath away. She was a queen. She was already aware of a kingdom because to be a queen, you have to have a kingdom. But she had not been exposed to kingdom class according to the God we serve. And when she saw that, it took her breath away. That's what kingdom class looks like. That's what service, that's what excellence looks like. Consistently go beyond what is common, usual, or expected. She saw something that took her breath away. Now, when we look at this and then we recognize that, why is it that we should, should pursue uh, excellence? Why is it that we should make excellence our standard? There are several reasons why excellence should be the standard. Number one, and this is so important, excellence brings pleasure to God. Excellence brings great pleasure. Psalm 16.3 tells us that. It says, as for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. So God says that the people that are Christ's followers are the ones out of how they serve, out of how they carry themselves, that when people encounter them, it should take their breath away. And he says that, and I delight I delight. That word delight means uh, great pleasure or it means to be captivated. Notice this. God says that when we serve in excellence, when we live our lives with excellence, that he becomes captivated by our service, captivated by our uh, giftings on display. He becomes captivated and he has great pleasure. So why? Should excellence be the standard? It should be the standard because it brings great pleasure to God. Another way that uh, reason excellence should be the standard is because it is a way that we worship God. Excellence is a way that we worship God. And it's a way that God desires to be worshipped. So we're going to look at Malachi, Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11 through 13. Let's start and let's read together now. I am honored all over the world and there are people who know how to worship me all over the world who honor me by bringing their best to me. They're saying it everywhere. God is greater. He says that, look, I'm honored all over the world and people know how to honor me and how to worship me. And the way that I'm honored in their worship is when they bring me their best. So it's the way that God desires that we worship him. Now, let's look at the next verse. Let's read it together. Now, all except you 
Instead of honoring me, you profane me, and you profane me when you say, worship is not important, and what we bring to worship is of no account. So he says that you, you profane me simply because you're just going to come in and you're like, oh, I need somebody to stir me up. I, I'm not really in a mood to worship. Uh, oh, I don't really like that beat. Oh, I don't really, that's not my favorite song. And he says that I'm asking you to worship me. And you bring your best when you come to worship. You bring, you bring your, your song. You bring your voice. You give it all to me. You bring me your best. Because how you worship me is significant to what you receive from me. Look at this. Let's read the next verse. Let's read it together now. And when you do offer something to me, it's a hand-me-down or broken or useless. Do you think I'm going to accept it? This is God speaking to you. Now, what God is really talking to us about at, at the Champion Center, he's really talking to us about the first verse. And he's talking to everybody else about the, the verses 12 and 13. He's saying that, you know what? I'm honored when you come to worship me because you worship me and you give me your best. You know, you, you may not sound great to the person next to you, but you don't allow that to stop you from saying, Oh! I want is all I have. I mean, you just let it go. And the people around you may be laughing at you, and God's captivating. <laughs> my God, my God, my God. So he says that they bring me, you know, the hand-me-downs, broken and useless. And, and what, 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 during that day, they would bring them, they would keep the best for themselves. In, in, well, I'm not a morning person. Boy, he breathed life into you. That should be enough. And if you need to get you some herbal green tea or a B12 to help you along the way, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it till he's satisfied. Whatever it is. So we don't bring animals now, we bring ourselves. <laughs> and we offer our best up to him. It's amazing. It's amazing. Gwen and I, we, we just do stuff. Whatever's happened, we just break out in songs and we just start singing and dancing. We really enjoy each other. And um, what, whatever is happening, whatever is going on, and we just kind of break out and start singing. And... Um, Worship song, praise song. We don't sing the whole song. We may sing a verse of it. We just start laughing. And uh, we love doing that. It's so much fun to to remove the self-imposed limitations of what other people think about you. Remember David when he came and, and, and began to deliver the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of David? That, that they were looking at him and, and his wife says that look at him dancing out there like a fool. And David was like, maybe you don't like the way I worship, but my God is captivated by my dance. So, 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 so that's what he says. It's the way that God desires we worship. We bring him our best. We give him our best. And we come in ready to go. Amen? Now, so what are we asking? What, what God is asking you to do? God is asking you to give him 
your, all your, your, your gifts. Don't hold anything back. Don't hold any of your ability back. Don't, don't hold anything back, but you just give it all to him. You give it all to him. God's not only talking about it here, but he's talking about wherever it is that you go. Now, on next week, we're going to talk about the enemies of excellence so that we can be aware of what are those enemies of excellence. And then uh, as we look at that, then we'll look at exactly how can we make those adjustments in our lives so that we can give God our best. So the first, let's say it one more time, excellence Excellence. is to consistently consistently go beyond what is common, usual, or expected. Excellence should be our standard because excellence brings pleasure to God. Excellence should be our standard because excellence is the way God desires we worship him. Number three, excellence is so important because excellence benefits you. It's not only for God, But excellence also benefits you. The Bible tells us in the book of of Daniel, tells us in a very, very powerful way. uh, It says that then this Daniel distinguished himself, himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. There was excellence in him, and because excellence was in him, he distinguished himself over the others that were serving the the worldly king. The Bible says your gift shall make room for you. When you operate in that gift of excellence, then that brings you before great kings. And you stand out. It causes you to be distinguished. So notice this. God is saying you should be known by your gift. Come on, would you say that? I should be known by my gift. Now, so excellence benefits you. Remember in Malachi 1 where God says that they did not give their best efforts. And they, they, they did not give their best resources. How many of you know that if God instructs you to do something, that we should just go on and do it. And uh, if you think about that, those of you that are with children or those of you that are in authority that have given instructions, and you give instructions and it's done for a little while, and then it's not done anymore. And you have to keep telling people the same thing over and over again. Isn't that frustrating? You You tell your children, clean your room. And then after, you know what happens? After a period of time when they don't clean their room, what do you do? You really stop bothering them and accept what their standard is. You just let them go and say, I can't wait until they get out of here. <laughs> so notice this. God says he wants us, want us to give him his best. And if we give him our best effort, if we, if, we, if we give him our best resources, if we don't hold back, then God's captivated and have great pleasure. But if you accept doing just enough to get by, then you'll no longer care that excellence is the standard. You'll no longer value excellence. You'll no longer pursue excellence. And you'll no longer believe that excellence will make a difference. But I want to show you what excellence will do. And I want to contrast that with mediocrity. Because notice what excellence will do. Excellence will cause you to be promoted. 
But you know what mediocrity? Mediocrity will cause you to be passed by. Excellence will cause you to stand out. But mediocrity will cause you to go unnoticed. Excellence will cause you to succeed. But mediocrity will cause you to wallow in life. Excellence will cause you to be criticized. People will say, it don't take all that. But it takes all that and more. But notice this. Not only will excellence cause you to be criticized, mediocrity will cause you to be criticized. And people will say you're not doing enough. Excellence will cause you to be in demand. And people will want you and you'll have a choice. And people will start paying more because it's supply and demand. And there may be other people that are available. But you are the excellent one. And because the demand is for excellence, then now the value of a person who demonstrates excellence is greater than the value of someone who lives or accepts just enough to get by. So notice this. Excellence will cause you to be in demand and mediocrity will cause you to be disregarded. Excellence will cause you to be admired. And mediocrity will cause you to be avoided. Excellence will cause you to be favored. And mediocrity will cause you to be tolerated. And I declare that not one person in here, I do not believe a Christ follower wants to go through life tolerated, avoided, disregarded, criticized, wallowing in life, unnoticed, and passed by. But God desires that you be promoted. He desires that you stand out. He desires that you succeed in life. He desires that when other people criticize you, it'll cause a reflection on their own lives. And they'll be motivated by the excellence in you because you distinguish yourself and those that are in authority consider putting you over the entire company. Excellence will cause you to be in demand. Don't you want to be in demand? Excellence will cause you to be admired, and excellence will cause you to be favored. Look, there are some things you can work for, but there are some things favor can get to you that no matter how hard you work. And I believe that God is saying it's time to raise the standard at the Champion Center. It's time to raise the standard, to consistently go beyond what is common, what is usual, and what is expected, because it will captivate him and bring great pleasure to him. It's the way he wants us to worship him. And lastly, it benefits. It'll cause you to be promoted, stand out, in demand. Do you know what, church? When we do that, the testimonies will come from the north, from the south, from the east and the west of the favor that God has on your life simply because he was captivated by your presence, by your excellence.